Right. Hello. Welcome back, everybody. This is episode nine on the uh, Tesla Community Channel. And this round, we've got Remo with us, and we're going to kick off another interesting conversation for you guys. But before we do, let's have a brief introduction of everybody. I'm Claude, father of five here in London in the UK, and uh, over to you guys. Julian, go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> I'm Julian, the co-host, and uh, yeah, father of two, and yeah, a Tesla enthusiast, as well as a driver and investor. And uh, yeah, really happy to have you here, Remo. I'm a big fan watching your videos and really glad you're on. Thank you. Yeah, my name is Remo. I think we, we can call this episode the three dads. I'm a dad of, of four and uh, Tesla enthusiast, Bitcoin enthusiast, um, have been a startup founder for 15 years, um, retired from startups uh, because it was uh, too stressful. I needed something else. And yeah, now I'm totally passionate about Tesla, Bitcoin and minimalism. And that's what my YouTube channel is, is all about. And yeah, awesome. ha happy to be here and happy to talk all things Tesla. Awesome. And it's awesome to have you with us, Remo. Thank you for, for coming to spend a bit of your time with us. And as you were just mentioning about Tesla, to, to kick off what we want to talk about this round is we want to dive into a little bit of your um, opinions and, 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 and um, ideas around the startup culture of Tesla, uh, even as a, even though it's a big company, it's still, you know, and, and how it is still amazingly still uh, retained the startup culture. And we're really interested to understand your views on different locations around the world and various different cultures and how that dynamic from your, from your perspective seems to fit together as, as, as so far as that startup culture of Tesla is concerned. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm super, I'm super um, pumped about Tesla's culture. Um, I, I think in a way, actually um, Tesla's culture, in my opinion, is probably Tesla's best product and the product that probably will have the biggest impacts on the world um, if more companies would adopt it. And I think it's really valuable for any company, any startup, any big corporation, uh, yeah, to, to really have a deep dive on, on the Tesla method, how, how they work and uh, what their principles are. Because I think the world could be so much more efficient, so much more innovative if more companies would adopt these, these ideas. And that makes a lot of sense. I mean, we, 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 hear, we hear these things lately here about sort of on the grapevine about various companies sort of almost picking up on Elon's ideas, especially in terms of things like his efficiencies around turning something like Twitter around. Mm. And, and it's, it, 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 it actually makes a lot of sense. I mean, who wouldn't want to take note uh, of, of potential methods and approaches to, to debulk their own corporations and to, to make them leaner and, and, and more efficient. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's fascinating. Yeah. For me as well, uh, when, when I, I come, uh, from the, uh, education system, uh, I work there. And, uh, so of course everything is, you know, very traditional, uh, everything has its ways. Uh, you cannot skip a certain, uh, ways to do stuff. And so I don't have that much of an insight into, um, you know, the culture of companies as such, uh, from a, you know, 
from my prof professional background. But uh, when I dove uh, deeply into t how Tesla does things, um, I looked more around around uh, where you can um, you know, actually learn something uh, you know, for my profession. Uh, I was like, okay, what are they doing that you know I could uh, incorporate, even though you know there are certain limitations. But you know what I really learned uh, and or picked up fast, especially due to um, yeah, Joe Justice, right? Uh, you mm -hmm. probably know him. He's uh, very you know, on the front end of you know, agile, uh, meaning you know, a certain way of doing your business. And uh, I was really impressed by this because, for example, when I'm teaching, uh, I, I need to plan a lesson plan in advance, you know, making some ideas about you know, how I'm going to teach a certain subject to the students. Uh, and oftentimes, uh, what I saw, at least uh, with uh, other teachers, is that they stick to these plans quite a lot. And uh, they do it once and they do it the next year again if they have the same subject and, and so on. Uh, but I really was like, okay, you can just iterate really fast. Sometimes, uh, you know, sometimes you have to have two parallel classes with the same subject. Uh, I was changing the, um, the lesson plan during the same day and applying it uh, in a different way on the next day. And I think this is really uh, fascinating and I really opened my eye to how you can approach uh, things. Mm. Yeah, interesting. Hey, and it's like um, when you talk about a culture for a single corporation, global corporation in multiple locations, the, the idea that pops to mind is, first of all, you know, cultures are very different uh, around the world. And um, how to get some, how to get the differences, how 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 to how to settle between different cultures is almost like what it makes me think of first principles. You know, it's like a bring bring the approach down to its grassroots, and there you'll find gr common ground with all these different cultures and all these different backgrounds. And it's like a, but but what what's what what do you reckon, Remo, about how? you get such a large corporation to operate so seamlessly, at least so it seems from the outside. I think it really needs to have like a similar operating system, like a cultural operating system. And I think the the best way to to um yeah to learn about it is to just read the the Tesla anti handbook handbook. Um it's it's really a masterpiece of of uh, you have onboarding of, of employee onboarding and and how to work together so that for example everybody can talk to every manager and mm -hmm. uh, yeah I've talked to to Alex Vogt for example and and he told me about Volkswagen and and BMW etc. Um, you're not you're, it's basically frowned upon to to talk to managers. You always have to like follow the hierarchy mm -hmm. and and stuff like that. And at Tesla you can actually Elon. Um, expects it from everybody that if something doesn't work, um, they can contact him directly and he responds. So I had an interview with, with Farzad. He was also on your channel. Um, yeah. He emailed Elon four times and he got the response four times. So it, it works. Of course, you have to be respectful because if you have 100,000 employees, you cannot expect um, to, to answer 100,000 emails each and every day. But I think if you do it respectfully for really um, urgent matters, and then it's the, the best way. And I think the Jeff Bezos does it the same way. And then he he recommend, he forwards it to his uh, to his managers with, with the famous uh, question mark <laughs> forward. Mm -hmm. 
and mm -hmm. I think these are these are really the 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 important pieces. And for example, that you can, um, yeah, you you are not um, obligated to attend meetings. If a meeting is a waste of time, you are actually required to leave the meeting. Um, and and things like that are really, I think, innovative. And you you get that. It's just a four page um, small handbook. It's not really really a, a real handbook. Just four pages. You you get it in between work. So when you start the first day at Tesla, you don't have like big onboarding sessions or anything. You just get thrown into a problem and you start working. You um, and and then over lunch maybe you get you get um, <laughs> set up all all your HR uh, documents and stuff. But um, you you get thrown in right away, and and you get this um, empowerment. So this handbook is really an empowerment um, where you can just do things, and there are no yeah th there are hierarchies of course, but mm -hmm. um, employees have a lot of freedom, so they can try things. Um, when you make a mistake, so you're encouraged to make mistakes, and when you make a mistake, for example, then you also have to be responsible and fix your mistake within 24 hours. For example, that's what Farzad told me. And, and I think that's really a good culture because in, in a lot of traditional companies, um, people are afraid um, to make mistakes. They are afraid to, to lose face. They are afraid to mm. like piss off their managers. And I think um, Tesla really has this operating system. And I think the second part probably, um, because it, um, why it works so well is because Tesla has this strong mission that unifies everybody. So it's like mm. this, mission that's bigger than than uh yeah than than the company itself it's it's like it's it's really something that people can get behind with and they know they their why so so there is absolutely no doubt uh, why people are working at tesla so you have this very strong mission and you have mm -hmm. this really unique um culture uh, yeah based on this handbook and i think these are like uh, probably the the two um, components of, of the operating system, I think that makes something like, like Tesla work, in my opinion. Makes a lot of sense. And, and just, just touching on mission there, um, that, that, that um, uh, slight, slight tangent, but that um, just reminds me about also about how instead of Tesla becoming a, a competitor, it's almost like their mission it's not even it's not even they're not even taking the moral high ground they're they're actually incorporating they're actually inviting a, a healthy competition they're inviting the industry to move because I, I, I distinctly remember uh, even elon was saying tesla can't see out the quota for the whole globe we can only do a part of it so uh we're going to actually need the industry itself to move in that direction, not just one company. So the mission has taken them right out of the category of, of, of the, the, the pool of competitors and, 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 uh, and they're quite kind of quite nobly, they're not lording it over people. They're actually, you know, they're, 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 they're almost gently coaxing the, the industry in that direction. And that seems, to impact the, the 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 that culture actually has is like um it's contagious you know and uh, I, I can relate uh, even in in my own experience I totally relate and I totally agree that intimidation when you when you first enter the corporate world 
um, and you hear about the the boss's boss's boss, and suddenly you pass them in the corridor, and you just flush pale because you've just passed this person who is so superior to you that you wouldn't say boo to a goose, let alone walk up and talk to them as if they were your equal. Now all of a sudden you've got a culture that is actually insisting that if there is something that is important enough, you 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 respectfully pursue the conversation. And um, uh, I'm encouraged to say that in, in the last few contracts in my own experience, in my own career, uh, even now I'm finding, um, and I don't know if this is Tesla's fault, but I'm finding a lot more courage to approach various individuals. I, may, may be go, I might be going out on a limb, I might be stepping on people's toes, but actually something is important enough. It feels like there, there are certain criticalities within a various, within a project or within a workpiece um, that I feel like, no, actually I need to open this conversation with the sponsor or with someone who, who I, may not be necessarily my next in line to, 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 to talk to. And um, I'm encouraged to see teams out there, even in, even in my neck of the woods, who are adopting this kind of approach. I, I, even, I even know a company where they, where they, they have like a, an all hands uh, weekly. They call it the all hands, you know, very, very, it's like synonymous, you know, and uh, uh, where everybody gets involved and everybody kind of speaks on the same level and, and, and the, that, that superiority complex uh, at least for that moment in time, disappears, <laughs> you know. So, um, but yeah, um, uh, it, it, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, uh, um, yeah, but it also needs to. It needs to come from the from the top down, right? I think it really needs to be um, yeah. incorporated, like by the founder, ideally, or at least by like the management, the the, the top management team. But it can, I think a culture can never like grow. Or a good culture up. can can never grow from from the ground up. Of course, a bad culture grows from the from the ground up. <laughs> yes. But um, I, I think it really needs to come from the top down and the the really the top people, the shareholders, the top management, yeah. the owner really needs to be behind this, and else it it cannot work. And they need to be they, their conviction needs to be strong enough mm -hmm. that they can maintain that level of authority for the for the rest of the of the of the organization to be able mm -hmm. to at least follow their lead so yeah i totally agree i totally yeah. agree uh, i i wonder remo uh you founded some startups right mm -hmm. uh so what are uh lessons that you learned during that time which you can uh observe at tesla or where you maybe even think you know, this is something that tesla could even do better or uh, improve upon maybe you have some insights into that yeah so i can only um, yeah, talk talk as a startup founder. My biggest company had like 15 employees, so it was really like super tiny compared to to all all of Elon's uh, companies. Um, I, based on my experience, I just have so much respect because I know what it takes like to build a team and to build a company and to really yeah build something from zero to one. It's really really difficult and it takes a lot of energy and all of your heart and soul. And mm. I've put all of my heart and soul into it. And mm. yeah, it only grew to, to a certain amount and we struggled and everything. So I, I just have so much respect for everybody who can really succeed at, at such a level. And um, I, right now I just have full admiration. And, and on the contrary, I think I could, yeah, I, I could have learned so much from, from Tesla 
um, if I if I knew, uh, knew that knowledge uh, beforehand or or at the time when I had my startups. So I don't think I am in the position to to tell Tesla what what they could do uh, better or not. Um, I think they they are of course struggling. So of course that there could be um, a lot of things done better at Tesla. I mean they have challenges with service and and things like mm -hmm. that. But um, uh, I think we all also have to put it into the perspective that Tesla is a high growth company and you always have growing pains if you have a high growth company. And uh, up until a few years ago, Tesla was a money losing company. So they struggled a lot. They, they had to first like build their, their uh, foundation and their proof of concept that it can really work also sustainably, economically. And I think now they are there. But still, I think they have so many projects, so many things to run. They are growing 50% per year. Um, and to do that at such a high level with over 100,000 employees, it, it really blows my mind um, how, how such a thing mm. is really possible. Mm. And I think it, it boils down, for me, it boils down to the mission because it's such a strong mission. It's just something bigger than yourself and, and mm. everybody can get behind it. And mm. then um, based on that and then also the culture and Elon's track record, um, you just um, attract the best talent. And I think mm -hmm. then it starts to feed on itself. So it's like this flywheel um, that um, basically employees are empowered or good people are empowered. They can achieve a lot of things. They can have a lot of impact. And that in turn creates results. And those results and everything else then attracts even more uh, good talent. So um, yeah, uh, Tesla and SpaceX are the number one and number two companies for engineering graduates in the US for many, many years in a row. And I think that's actually their, their superpower because mm -hmm. we all know in a technology, in an innovation space, one employee, one great employee can do the job of 100 mediocre employees. Um, mm -hmm. if, if you are a coder, if you, if you um, are good at process management, at innovation, at whatever, um, so I think it's really important to have the good talent. And that's why I also think that legacy automakers are really screwed uh, because they may throw thousands of people um, on the problem, but they just don't realize that it's not the amount of people and money that you throw at the problem. It's really you first need the, the culture and you yeah. also need the talent. And that's why I really believe that that legacy automakers will really struggle to make this transition. And um, I think Tesla is just at such an advantage because they can, they have built up everything from the ground up just for EVs and the others need to reinvent themselves. So it's the whole innovators dilemma problem. It's really the, the my favorite, um, one of my favorite business books. It was the number one favorite book by, by Steve Jobs. He read it each and every year and he was a master at solving the innovators dilemma. And it, and it just um, tells you the story of how difficult it is to transform um, a company from one business model to to another. It's there are so many challenges, and all legacy companies have have these challenges. And mm -hmm. I just don't see that uh, they can compete with the speed and with the talent and with the with the culture that Tesla has now uh, put put together. And do you do you think um, that, that what comes to mind there is uh, remembering what Elon was talking about the pain involved in the mm -hmm. the Model Three ramp. Mm -hmm. That was what two thousand nineteen. How much do you think he's talking about the culture shift when he says that it was painful? I mean, sure, yeah, ramping uh, the, the the physical aspect of, of 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 ramping up the number of cars produced, the the uh, uh, the production lines, the the supply chains. 
but um, that's making me wonder how much we if it feels a bit like a lot of the pain was probably in that culture shift in that psychological aspect of of the growth of of the company at that time i i don't think there was a culture shift the culture was already there and i think because of the culture they were even able to survive like this this um really challenging um uh, moments in in their history um and i think the the pain is really a good a good point i think elon is really a person who can withstand so much pain like psychological pain emotional pain just physical pain it's really painful to be a startup founder i i wouldn't wish it on anyone i wouldn't <laughs> wish it to 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 be elon and and i wouldn't wish to anyone to to be elon i mean it's it's it has to be really arduous work i mean he works 100 hours or more per week and really involved in a lot of things a lot of context switches um it it really um it 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 uh, it sucks you out it sucks your energy out and you have to put your heart and soul into it so you put everything that you have into it and elon for whatever reason seems to have such a high amount of of this energy of this love of this soul um, yeah. that he can withstand the pain and and personally i've i've ended in a in a burnout so so when i founded my my third company i've i've ended in a burnout and and that was um the, the main reason why i stopped being an entrepreneur so i know the pain but i wasn't able to withstand the pain and elon does it for for so many years since 2008 he's he's in this pain probably earlier and uh, i think that's that's certainly so so if if your employees really see that that you are putting everything into it and are suffering yourself and are sleeping on the factory floor and everything then of course you as an employee then also give it your all and mm -hmm. and i think that that was certainly a, a big a big factor in the in the model three ramp yeah it makes uh, makes sense th th there was a you know, lots of debates about you know how elon changes the culture of a company especially with uh, recently with twitter and uh, people are you know outraged you know, seeing like oh my god how can you do this you know, uh having uh, several thousand people leave uh, but you know ha me having been on twitter for a years and a year now or many years actually uh, but more active in the recent years um there's no change right as you said uh few excellent coders for example can do the job of uh, hundreds or even thousands of uh, other employees and uh yeah, this is something that I think many people don't get that if you're really putting your uh, heart and soul into it and showing that you're always there. Um, th there was a comment by uh, a lady and uh, she, she said that uh, Elon doesn't want you to change your life uh, for uh, one of the companies. So um, this means like if you're really that crazy as Elon is and you're willing to sleep at your company uh, because you find the mission so compelling or if, if there are certain projects that don't feel like work, right? It, it's play for them. They, they love it. Um, they will just be there, uh, no, no question. They don't want you to you know, come home very late, just you know, kiss the bed, uh, kids to bed and then uh, you know, sleep for six hours and be you know, back at work again. That's not what he wants. Um, you, you really need to have your whole life and, and soul into the company, not mm -hmm. for the money, of, uh, of course, but for the uh, company's mission, yeah. uh, for example, as, you know, as Tesla or uh, SpaceX making life multiplanetary. They're so inspiring or um, tw Twitter with uh, free speech you know, making like a worldwide public market square where you can openly discuss ideas 
uh, that's I, I think very compelling to many people and but of course many people don't get it because they don't know this kind of uh, culture from their workplace and like you say Remo I mean it's it feels very much like legacy auto I don't know if they could skirt around that transformation which kind of like would have to probably go through the same or very similar experience very similar kind of painful stage of growth um which seems as as they kind of leave it longer and longer um seems to bring the almost inevitability of various you know bankruptcies and things to to the floor um but yeah as as well as, as elon himself was saying hey it's like chewing glass and staring into the abyss so how do you sell that to it to a <laughs> <laughs> to to a legacy auto, you know, especially if they feel that they're still comfortable in a comfortable position, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and they uh, and they are based on the numbers, right? So so that's that's the that's the big challenge, right? So when you are printing billions in net income, when you can pay out dividends and everything, everything seems fine. I mean, they they have been growing their revenues or they have been growing their profits. So in the short term, everything seems seems fine. So that's yeah. that's the problem. But personally, I just think just based on the innovators dilemma. So if anyone doesn't believe that legacy auto will really have challenges, just read the innovators dilemma. It's such an enlightening book. Um, it, it will just show how more even more difficult the challenge is for for a company that already has a running business model and has to um, not only transform itself, but also cannibalize its own business model. It's so hard. It's yeah. psychologically hard. It's hard for the shareholders. It's really, really hard. But, yeah. but also another point to, to Elon's companies. I mean, we also have to realize it's not for everyone. And I don't um, yeah, propagate that, that all companies should be run like Elon's companies. That's absolutely not realistic. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I think a Tesla or a SpaceX is um, uh, yeah, preferably attractive to really young people. So it's cues young, it's cues to people without families. Um, to um, yeah, people that really want to focus on their job um, for for the next uh, foreseeable future, and uh, the the average tenure at Tesla roughly is is roughly four four years, and mm. um, I, I think it's perfect perfectly fine if you're like a graduate and you really want to make a dent, and then you really go hard mm. for four mm. or five years, and then mm. um, you've made a lot of impact, and then you change your life to something more calm and, and to something more family friendly. I think both models can can coexist. And I still think that um, other companies can learn from, from Tesla's um, culture, but it's certainly not, um, I, I don't propagate it to, for, for everyone as a standard model because it's just not realistic to, to go so, so hard um, yeah, as, a, as, a, as a default because you, mm -hmm. yeah, everybody else can, yeah, basically burns out and, and Elon doesn't burn out. It's, it's a miracle that he doesn't. But you cannot expect that people can, yeah, withstand this this high level of, of intensity for more than four or five years. And I think that's that we also have to put put into perspective. Which doesn't mean that we still cannot learn uh, stuff from from Elon's companies, yeah. of course, like the meeting policies and and things like that. So so I I would highly encourage everyone to to really go deep and and learn from from Tesla as much as possible. Like you're saying that they're basically in in a way in many in many ways they're kind of first movers, and and hopefully that kind of all them having paved the way to new grounds that 
you know, few to none have reached, if that's set a precedent for others to follow, then, then perhaps various other corporations can, can, like you say, can adopt various policies that, 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 that Tesla hold, uh, that e execute, um, maybe, maybe without as much, uh, a strain mm. as Tesla themselves have to have had to go through, um, especially with regards to the mockery and ridicule from the general uh, uh, media angle here, sort of, they, they really seem to have taken a lot of fire um, where, um, but, but as they, as they have been showing success, people seem to take them more seriously. So it, it's almost like it's quietly giving people permission to, adopt similar policies without taking as much heat as basically Elon and Tesla have taken um, over the years to get to this point. So, yeah. yeah we yeah. can only hope that the success will speak for itself. I mean, eventually, I think pe people will become silent and <laughs> just be in awe. Uh, even if it's out like 10 or 20 years, uh, it will be uh, undoubtedly uh, successful if it continues the way it has uh, already been and uh, yeah. yeah at least i think this is very interesting because uh you can see people really going crazy uh especially on twitter there are some people uh even like hate ridden and you're like what the hell <laughs> just yeah. you know, relax and witness it right J just look at it uh or wait and you will see yeah, but, it's uh, so so far a lot of it has already been proven, but I think much more will come. Yeah, and it's not like the benefits are exclusive. This is one of the things that people, you know, maybe the haters and the the guys that are trying to talk down the situation might need to just have a little bit of a think about for a little while. Is that the benefits are of coming out of Tesla, coming out of uh, of. Uh, um, initiatives like Tesla and SpaceX uh, are not exclusive. They're they're actually the opposite to that. They're actually for the benefit even of the haters. You know, everyone will reap the benefits of the technologies that are that are, are, are coming coming to light now. And uh, it's it's that's yeah. It's almost like uh yeah it's a bit of a pushback hey to say okay guys maybe just think about that you yeah. know, before you before you fire that tweet off that just that hateful hate speech you know <laughs> just remember maybe well, maybe you could benefit from the situation yeah, but i think that's 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 just human nature right i mean um people True. don't realize it until they really see the, the results and and really have it in in their face so i think yeah Tesla hopefully will, will prove everyone wrong and hopefully will fulfill its mission. And in a way, it already has because um, yes. now all legacy automakers are, are transitioning to EVs yeah. and they're yeah. still having some pipe dreams about hydrogen, hydrogen <laughs> and, and stuff. But generally, I think the direction is clear that um, all auto production will move to 100% BEVs. And I think that's already a huge success if we compare that to, to five years ago or seven years ago. Um, that was absolutely unthinkable. Yeah. So I think in a way they already um, succeeded and now they have like all the building blocks in place and now they just have to execute. And if they execute, if now Austin ramps, if Berlin ramps, if 
um, Shanghai um, increases production, if Fremont increases production, they will easily be at, at 5 million, 6 million, 7 million uh, vehicles with, mm -hmm. with those factories alone. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I think um, people just don't see it yet because humans also have this problem that they cannot think in, in exponential terms. Human yeah. always think in linear terms. So, yeah. so pe people have always problem with, with exponential functions, like mm. with the compounding effect, it's really difficult for, for humans to, to grasp mm. it. Mm. Um, so, um, yeah, it, it's like, like Elon says, it will be inevitable in hindsight, but, but mm. it will only be um, yeah, evident in, in hindsight, basically. So, uh, but it's, it's great for, for people like us who, who already feel it and, and hopefully we'll, we'll see it, uh, we'll see it happen. That's yeah, true. yeah, and 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 um, uh, and I suppose as as a species, we've reached this point in time where we have endured this kind of this mass media phenomenon, where a lot of that media has perhaps produced in us an extreme level of pessimism. So, because how often is it that 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 you hear people say, "There's no no news is good news," and don't trust the media you know read it uh, absorb it but but you know be skeptical be you know and and then and then on top of that hearing about a company like tesla maybe it just sounds like it's too good to be true you know and and uh, and and uh, you have to you really have to kind of just patiently wait for that sort of that 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 penny drop moment for people uh to 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 realize that hang on this is perhaps not just another pitch you know from a, uh, a shady corporation of some kind that's just trying to sell you on something you know and uh, yeah it makes a lot of sense i i totally agree that that persisting conversations like this one uh, every little helps and 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 Helping people realize and just remember, that, you know, maybe we're not all deep fakes, you know, working for Tesla, you know, maybe we're real people just sharing an opinion because we have been inspired by this story. And, uh, yeah, uh, and, and, and not just because it sounds good, but because we are witnessing it, we are experiencing the, the benefits that are coming out of this kind of technology and this kind of movement. And, yeah, it, it it makes a lot of sense. So, 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 guys, I, I I'm I'm sorry I'm sorry to cut in at this point. Um, to just to mention, I've just been called away to go and help with the kids. Okay. <laughs> so, um, you guys are welcome to carry on for a bit, and I'll try and jump back in with you just now. But uh, yeah, my my apologies to everyone. I've I've just got to step away for a few minutes, sure. and uh, I'll I'll come back and see if you guys are, if if you guys wrap up. That's not a problem. Otherwise, I'll come and jump in with you again just now. That's the reality of being a dad. It's the reality <laughs> of the dads. We're the dads. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. I'll, I'll be right with you guys. Okay. See you later. All right. Uh, I think it's uh, also a good time to change uh, the topic uh, because when you introduced yourself, uh, you said that you're into minimalism. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think uh, for Tesla, the design philosophy is also very much into minimalism. And, uh, you know, as somebody who's never seen a tesla before uh, every time they go into a tesla you know i'm driving a model 3 so when friends uh, sit in the car they're like where's everything <laughs> there's only this big giant uh, screen in the middle and uh, the steering wheel and uh, that's it right but actually you know, my wife was also very very reluctant 
uh, and she learned over time that this makes sense. Uh, you don't need all these knobs and all little uh, buttons to press. Um, but I'm really interested in your take uh, on that. Um, maybe not only in the um, uh, the design um, of the cars, but maybe in the other products as well that there uh, there are or they are coming. Yeah, I think um, minimalism or essentialism is is really important because um, the world is so complex and we tend to like build so such complex products and complex systems and complex software. So it's really like a fresh a, a breath of fresh air if we really finally have something simple. And I I really love Elon's innovation um, like uh, principles where he says that the best part is no part. The best process is no process. So it really boils down to the idea, what is really essential and what could we delete? And um, I think I, I really love that because like with the, from going from model three to, to model Y, right? You have hundreds of less parts because you have the front casting, you have the, the rear casting, you have the structural battery pack. So you, you, you can, yeah, basically turn hundreds of, parts that you would have to weld together and put together, you can just put into three parts, put them together, and then you're done. And I really, I really love this um, philosophy. And it really boils down, I think, to, to the first principles of thinking that, that Elon really is, is a master of applying, where he just asks himself, like, if this didn't exist yet, how, how could it look like? Or what would be the simplest version of this? And I think they are just doing it over and over and over again. And he told so many stories with like one team designing something and then the other team. And then they were asking each other, why do we need this, this part? And nobody knew it, and, but it was yeah. there and they managed it um, like in the Model 3 ramp. And, and then they were just able to delete it, right? So, so I think this is a perfect example of how things work in, in big companies with big teams um, where you just end up with stuff that everybody thinks is necessary, but nobody knows what it's for. And then you need, and then you need somebody to really ask the question, why is it here in the first place? And then to have the courage to, to, to remove it. So I really love that. And I'm looking forward to the Cybertruck has no painting, no paint job. So you can, you can completely delete the whole paint job from the factory. You have this exoskeleton, uh, uh, based on steel and, and things like that. So I think this, yeah, takes it to, to a whole new level. And I really think that that's, they always ask the question, what is, what is the simplest thing? Because the, yeah, like I really love this, this quote that um, uh, you, sh you shouldn't manage something that shouldn't be, um, yeah, that shouldn't exist in the first place. So you always have to go in the process. You always have to delete it first before you build systems around it. And we humans tend to do it the other way around. And Elon also um, um, did it the other way around um, back in the day, where you first have a lot of stuff, then you build systems around it, like really clever systems, processes and stuff. Uh, but you would have been better off to just delete it and, and then you have no process and you have no part. So I, I really love this, this design philosophy. Yeah, that's true. And especially thinking about it as a um, company, Every process and every part that you add adds cost, right? Needs to be managed, needs to have somebody responsible for it, and so on. So it bloats your company not only in terms of processes but also cost-wise. And uh, what we can 
observe in the um, recent um, reports, uh, the shareholder reports uh, with financials and so on, uh, you can see that, that they are uh, actually reducing the costs more and more. Uh, for Of course, they are expanding like crazy at the same time, but not as much as you would expect, right? If you're growing 50% a year, uh, you still see uh, you not cost explosions of 100%, but, but uh, sometimes even lower. And I think this really shows uh, how much they're uh, saving uh, on that front. And I think, yeah, this is also very inspiring. Uh, also in everyday life situations, like uh, when I'm at home and I see some things lying around, I'm like, you know, I need to clean that up now. And why do I have that even in the first place, right? <laughs> I don't need that. And uh, yeah, this is why I think also the, the design philosophy is uh, so inspiring, not only to a, a product, but also to overall life. And I'm sure you have also many ways to incorporate it into your life and uh, the way you uh, use minimalism as uh, somewhat of a principle for uh, navigating life more easily. What's your take on that? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I call myself a minimalist. Um, I, I really, I'm not perfect. It's, it's, it's always a struggle and it's always a, a work in progress, of course. But I want my life to be simpler. I want to have more peace of mind. And I want to have the space for the things that I really love. And I really love this, this principle by um, Marie Kondo, who's, who's this uh, tidying up expert. And uh, she wrote this, this uh, bestseller book. And there she says... The best way to get rid of things is to first put everything out of the closet and everything on a big pile. And then you take each item and ask yourself, does this spark joy? And you only keep the parts that spark joy. And I think um, this is a fantastic process for your personal life because we have so many things in our lives that don't spark joy. We have so many clothes, so many items, so many whatever photos that we took with our phones that just don't spark joy. So why keep them? Even if, if hard disk space is basically free, why keep them? Because we have to manage them. We have to, and, and if we have thousands of photos, for example, we don't find the good ones that really spark joy. So we actually take it away from ourselves to only have like the, the hundred ones that would spark joy. Um, and we clutter ourselves with thousands of photos that's, that really don't matter. So I think you can you can really apply it to to everywhere. And personally, I want to even more apply it to my digital life because the physical life is really manageable, and um, but the, the digital life is really hard because you have thousands of photos, you have hundreds of emails, you have thousands of files, and there you can apply the very same principle. And I think Tesla is applying the the same principles there as well. So for example, they are um, developing their own ERP systems and their own like intranets, they don't rely on SAP or on any big other uh, corporations because they really want to, to um, yeah, cut down to the chase and cut down to the essential and, and have a product that sparks joy. And I, I think if you sit in a Tesla, then you really see that, that a Tesla really sparks joy. And, and maybe not everything is perfect. Of course, it can always be improved. But on, it, on, as a whole package, it, it really sparks joy. And, and I think that's that's a, a really, a really great, uh, yeah, just a really great achievement by, by the team. And, and uh, yeah, the product speaks, speaks for itself. And I think that always has to be the basis for a company. So even if you have this great mission, even if you have everything around it, 
the product still needs to be great. And that's where um, a lot of social entrepreneurs, for example, um, make a huge mistake because they think um, because we call ourselves green or because we call ourselves sustainable, um, we have the license to be successful. But that's absolutely not true. Um, uh, you always have to build a great product. And then, of course, on top, you can still do good and have good principles. But if the product at Tesla would be bad, then this whole um, company would crumble down like a house of cards. So it always builds on this foundation. And yeah, you can maybe attest it even better as a Model 3 owner and that it really sparks joy and it's and especially the software, right? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, even though you know the hardware uh, itself is already minimalistic, uh, on the software side, you can also see that they are sometimes trying to delete certain processes and uh, or buttons or uh, you know, certain parts of the software. Of course, it gets uh, lots of hate <laughs> from some people uh, because you know, you're Every time you're redesigning um, the user interface, uh, people scream about it. But uh, as you uh, just said, if you really apply this principle of, do I really need that? Uh, even if it's just a certain amount of pixels or a certain line, <laughs> get rid of it. Uh, of course, you need to have uh, it speak to the user and make it understandable why something is there and how it's organized. But you don't really need that much of... Uh, you know, a user interface uh, cluttering. Uh, for example, I saw the um, interface of a um, VW, and this, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> this is so convoluted with everything, <laughs> you know, put, putting everything in every part, uh, every free space, and everything needs to be full. And uh, it's like, why? You just want it uh, empty, actually, because uh, especially when you're driving and of course, you should, should pay attention to the road while you're driving, but sometimes you need to do something, right? Uh, putting in the navigation or something. But uh, if you're doing that, you want it like a very clean space uh, where it can do it efficiently and safely, right? Uh, so you don't have that much of uh, you know, cluttering uh, in your visuals. So yeah, I think uh, Tesla does a really great job at this. And what you said about a sparking joy, and uh, this is absolutely true uh, for everybody who sat in the car. I even have uh, friends who, because they sat in the car, or I let them drive it as well, um, they bought Teslas themselves because they really felt, okay, this is a different kind of vehicle. It's not just you know, a kind of uh, another car. And uh, yeah, that's really inspiring also to children as well. Uh, mm. My kids love it uh, when they're sitting in it. And uh, yeah, it's it's just a, a different kind of feeling uh, when you're in it. And I think this is true for minimalism, minimalism as such as well. When you're in, uh, in a minimalist home, for example, I have a friend who, who really had just like a, a desk, certain chairs to work on the desk, uh, also with colleagues, and then a computer on it. And that's about it, right? Of course, he had some cutlery and uh, a pan and a pot and so on and, and a bed but uh, he didn't need anything else right he had no tv uh, he even sold his couch uh, no couch uh, desk and so on no uh, maybe one lamp <laughs> it was really extremely minimalist but you could see the efficiency and uh, it really created a, a certain atmosphere as well of course it's not this uh, very cozy place but um I really like the kind of the overall vibe because it made you really focused and sharp. And I think for especially for, for example, a vehicle, you want it focused on 
the essentials, like driving safely from point A to B. That's it, right? <laughs> you don't need like 10,000 other things uh, in that car, especially if it maybe one day can uh, drive itself from place A to B, then you only want to have like a really comfortable uh, space where you can relax and do your things that you want and maybe even customize it if you want that at all. Yeah, so, yeah uh, but I, I think, think that the thing you said about about the, the pain that people are complaining about changes, I think that's really a, a, a real challenge. And I think that's that's also like minimalism really takes effort and it takes work. And yeah. change also takes pain and it takes work to, to get used to it. So, and I think the, the bigger Tesla's customer base will be if, if they one, one day will have tens of millions of, of customers or hundreds of millions of customers, it will become even, it, be, it will become more and more difficult to do radical changes. And I will be curious to see whether they will keep doing that or at one point the backlash and the pain will be big enough so that they will just um, stop like with the, with the ra radical stuff. Um, I, I think that that will be uh, really interesting to watch because I think at, at one point they will just, yeah, there will be so many like regular users that it would be too irritating to like have a radical change like every month. And um, what's your thoughts about it? Yeah, uh, that's a great point you're making. Uh, I think that's true. Uh, if they grow into maturity at some point, I can I cannot really see that at this moment. Even not not even like in five or maybe ten years or ten years plus maybe. Then you can see them maturing into such a company that, as you said, they're alienating the um, customers maybe. But uh, probably if uh, full self-driving actually works uh, with autonomy and uh, they are designing these cars where you just get in, uh, drive from point A to B, you probably don't even care about what it looks like, right? When I get, get on a tram or in, into a taxi, uh, I don't really care about uh, what it looks like. Of course, it needs to be safe, but I don't care about the design um, or anything. So maybe I think the that's, majority that's, of customers I, 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 will not care. Exactly. And I, I think that's something that the auto industry really needs to understand and needs to learn. Because I think the only or, or one of the only things that the legacy automakers still have are their form factors and their brand and their design, right? So and, and right now, if you still treat your car as a regular car, <clears throat> then I think design and form factor and brand are still important. So um, in that paradigm, I don't think that Tesla could have 100% market share because it would just be boring and other people would want to have different designs and form factors and brands. But in a robo-taxi world, I completely agree with you. It's, it will be completely commoditized and it actually it doesn't matter at all. And even like the, the software, the, <clears throat> yeah, the, the computer, I mean, it, it matters because it will be an entertainment system. It will be a workstation. Um, and of course, you will have the app where you can hire the, the robo-taxi. But yes. um, I think um, it's, it's the design of the car. I think it, it will be much more important to have the right cost per mile. And if the cost per mile is, is the lowest, which I believe Tesla will have by, by, by a lot, um, then, then I think this, this will trump everything else. And I think that's what the old auto industry doesn't understand yet, that actually brand and design and all of these gimmicks 
are really not that important if we enter a world of, of robo-taxis. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> right now, it doesn't seem like they are betting on the robo-taxi world. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also due to the fact that they have no real uh, advances, uh, advancements uh, in these areas. As you can see by uh, them announcing <laughs> that they are seizing partnerships, that they are stopping programs because they are running into dead ends which also speaks for uh, Tesla's culture of uh, iterations, uh, rapid iterations. And every time there's the, the new version of uh, full self-driving, you can see that they are, are really having, uh, you know, as Elon says, two steps forward or one step back or the other way around. And this is really fascinating to see because as a customer, you can already experience um, their uh, philosophy in, in your product. Uh, changing right uh, due to software and uh, yeah I think this is a very good point that you're making here absolutely okay so um, maybe we can uh, we're 53 minutes in uh, maybe have a 2023 uh, outlook uh, I mm -hmm. think that's something uh, I'm interested in, in and I think lots of people are debating right now because there are so many fears about uh, you know Tesla having to lower prices as they have uh, in China, and uh, you know what about other countries? Will they do it as well? Uh, which seems likely. Will there be a recession? Of course, nobody really knows. But uh, maybe you have some ideas uh, about different scenarios, and uh, also the way you feel about it, especially when you look at, for example, the Twitter commu community of uh, Tesla. Because recently, I've seen many people really having kind of meltdowns going crazy of course if you have your stock and you're probably all in tesla or have like a huge part of your portfolio in tesla and it loses like 60 70 percent uh it's it's not easy if, if you really rely on it uh, i don't have a problem with that because <laughs> right now it's uh kind of not uh for my uh, living standard but uh, yeah what are your takes on, on that uh overall outlook for 2023 in tesla yeah, so I think, of course, the, the global macro uh, situation can be challenging. We, we don't know. Um, it could be even worse than in 2009. Elon prepared us a little bit for it. So um, I think these um, risks are real. So I, I really think they, they will have to probably lower prices in the short term. And I also think that like, companies like BYD um, are the real competitors of Tesla or other like um, startups that will um, get to volume production um so i really think that that uh, this is a real situation um but the other hand is that uh, tesla has such high margins and so many levers to pull those they don't do any advertising yet they can throw in a one month of free full self-driving they can throw in ten thousand uh, free supercharger miles whatever so i don't see any scenario where they won't sell um, each and every car they make. But of course, um, in the short term, margins may come down a little bit. But on the other hand, you also have to see that the Model 3 will probably now also upgrade um, to, to the rear stamping, I think, um, or to the, to the, to the casting. Um, yeah. So it will be much more efficient. Um, and you will have the Cybertruck, and we will have uh, the ramping, uh, the ramp up of Austin and of Berlin which are still um, right now really expensive um, on, a, on a per unit basis because uh, there are still a lot of fixed costs uh, to be absorbed. So, so we have both um, effects uh, basically um, um, battling with each other. 
Um, and I think in the end, um, who knows what, what it will be. But I think um, Tesla will be great. And I think 2023 will be a fantastic year for Tesla, especially now that they announced their new um, investor day where they uh, talked about, um, yeah, talking about their most advanced uh, production line, um, uh, probably, um, uh, yeah, the, the Model Y, or maybe they will also talk about the Cybertruck. Um, they will talk about their long-term expansion plans, probably announcing one or two more Gigafactories this year. And they will um, talk about the Generation uh, 3 platform, whatever this may be. Maybe this will be a, a, a cheaper compact car. Maybe it will be a cheaper car for the Chinese market. Maybe it will even be the, the robo-taxi platform. So really exciting. And um, Tesla has always said that 2022 was like the year of consolidation of like, um, yeah, frying all the fish that they already had in their pan. And uh, that in 2023 and beyond, they would um, start uh, with, with new product announcements and new product launches. Um, so we have the Semi, we have uh, Cybertruck. We, of course, have Tesla Energy with, with the Megapack factory. We have so many Megapack orders. So I think that the energy could also compensate for, um, for, for the challenges in the, in the car business in the short term. So I think it, it's, a, it's a mix of everything. But um, if we compare it with other automakers, and even yeah. if we compare it with companies like BYD and other startups, Tesla is by far the best positioned. They have no debt. They have over $20 billion in cash. They are now ramping two new factories. Um, they will be releasing new products. They will make one of their best-selling products even more um, less expensive to, to produce. So the margins will increase there. So um, I'm super excited for it. And I'm also excited for um, Tom Zhu um, taking over more responsibilities, hopefully becoming um, someone like a Tim Cook to, to uh, Steve Jobs or someone like a Gwyn Shotwell uh, to Elon at, at SpaceX. So, so hopefully we will have an even stronger uh, management team um, with him. And hopefully he will bring uh, more innovations and, and, and more efficiencies uh, to, to the US and, and Europe. And um, yeah, I think there are so many exciting things. And, and also in the US, like the, of course, we may now have a big recession, but we also now have the introduction of a new $7,500 tax credit. Of course, it doesn't apply to, to all Tesla vehicles yet. Uh, there's still some debate going on, but, but nevertheless, it's still a huge incentive. And I still uh, think that, that this will benefit Tesla a lot uh, in the end. And uh, so I'm super excited. Of course, the short term um, can be bumpy, can be um, rocky. The Cybertruck can be delayed and it can have uh, ramp up issues or it can it can not have it. Maybe they surprise us and they will be able to make 50,000 Cybertrucks uh, this year. Who knows? Um, but in general, I think um, uh, we see the, the inflation problem that, that we now had. I think we, we see that go away. Elon also talked about it, that he sees now a lot of deflationary pressures in, in his supply chain, in raw materials. Uh, so um, I think it will be a mixed bag, but, but um, in the end, I think Tesla will come out stronger. And especially if we then turn to a new, um, uh, yeah, uh, yeah uh, a better market where we, we have a, a growing economy again, I think then Tesla can, can really um, explode and, and uh, continue on their, on their S-curve. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, that was really elaborate, extensive, and I agree with a hundred percent. It's uh, <laughs> it's really my my thinking as well, and that's why I'm absolutely calm with all, all the uh, um, 
people going crazy right now uh, on Twitter. I think it's so unwarranted, especially if you think about all the things you just said. Uh, if you have like a t uh, an investment horizon of more than one year, <laughs> it's like you guys, you know, just relax. Uh, especially there are certain uh, people who also have uh, um, you know, bullish uh, YouTube channels uh, talking a lot or having uh, talked a lot about how well Tesla is doing and who are suddenly not seeing it anymore. And I really don't get it um, unless they are really in emotional trouble because of some personal investments, which I can also, uh, of course, understand. But, uh, you know, really zooming out, as you said, seeing the broad picture of everything that is coming, um, you really don't need to worry if you don't need the money, like in the next few months. And uh, yeah, so a really great uh, take of yours on that. And, it also uh, depends, of course, on, on your investing strategy, right? I mean, there are yes. so many investing strategies. Of course, some people are more short-term, are more traders, swing traders, momentum traders, option traders, whatever. Um, I'm, I'm not a trader, so I can't speak to that. I'm, I'm sure there are a lot of successful strategies and you can be successful in, in this market environment, I'm, I'm sure. I'm just not smart enough to do it myself. <laughs> so so I do the boring thing. I just do the the plain old find a great company, buy it, and hold it for a really long time. It's, it's the famous 100-bagger strategy. There, there's a book on that um, that talks about all the hundreds of companies on the stock market that have 100x or more. And some have even 1,000x or 10,000x. And I think Tesla is such a 100x company. It already 100x from its, uh, from its IPO. And um, I'm sure that uh, it has another uh, 10x, 20x, 30x potentially in it. If we wait long enough, of course, um, um, we never know how, how long it takes, but, but um, as long as the story is intact, as long as the momentum is there, as long as Elon is there, as long as the strategy, the culture, the products are good, um, as long as the margins are great, the cash flow is there, I just don't see any reason w uh, to sell because the fundamentals are really growing. And that's um, what I really love. So my strategy is more the value investing strategy so I learned a lot from Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger and, and Benjamin Graham, and they always distinguish between price and value. And you always have to invest in value, of course, in fundamentals. Um, and and um, when you look at fundamentals, then the fundamentals are as strong as they have ever been, and they are growing. We now, I, I didn't even mention the value release of, of FSD in, in North America. I mean, there are so many, yeah. so many catalysts and so many great um, things on the horizon. Um, it's, it's really a joy to be part of it. It's really a joy to, to witness that because I really think that we are witnessing um, history here. Um, it will be um, <laughs> visible in, in hindsight. Um, but um, yeah, it's, it's really a joy. So, so I'm not a trader, but I, I feel the pain. Of course, if you bought in at the top, if you bought in at a one trillion valuation, then of course you are now down 70%. Um, it's, it's painful. It's really painful. I totally get that, but um, I think it's also an exercise in going back to the fundamentals and to the first principles of investing, for example, to never invest with leverage, to never overextend yourself, to um, always um, like um, spend less than you earn. And like these fundamentals are also important, um, not only for companies like Tesla, but also for your personal life. And I think yeah. a lot of us overextended ourselves, had... Um, not enough of a cash um, reserve for bad times, maybe used leverage, maybe used options, and, and then we pay the price for it. And, and uh, 
I think it's also a learning opportunity. And um, I've made a lot of mistakes in the past, so I, I, I'm not repeating them. But um, yeah, everybody needs, needs to make um, their own um, experiences. And, and I think um, the, best is, the best case is if you learn from them and then improve for, for the future. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm so pumped about, about the fundamentals. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, as you just mentioned, uh, with FSD uh, also becoming more and more um, widespread in North America, uh, potentially maybe even in Europe someday, <laughs> uh, I think there will be a huge uh, shift as well uh, once it, it kind of hits mainstream and it's not beta anymore. Uh, and people will really go crazy because uh, Elon already talks about, uh, has already talked about it many times that uh, actually they can't, you know, kind of switch it on overnight uh, and really make, you know, push the updates to all the fleet and turn it into a, an autonomous uh, robot fleet. And this is really, at least for me, mind boggling <laughs> to think about it because uh, this is, it doesn't exist yet. And if you're suddenly seeing it uh, in real life, it really uh, kind of blows your mind and uh, people will go crazy about uh, the product, I think. And yeah, I think this is a very bullish outlook uh, overall. And yeah, I'd like to thank you very much for your takes on that. So uh, it doesn't seem like Claude is coming back for the foreseeable future right now. And as we said, we're aiming for around one hour. Uh, I think it's a good uh, way to wrap it up here. And uh, yeah, thank you very much for your time and your insights. And uh, yeah, we would really love to have you on uh, again uh, as you're really sharing uh, great uh, ideas about Tesla and pushing forward the mission. I mean, this is why we're doing this channel to invite people from the community to share their ideas and you know, bringing forward um, the ideas and the truth about Tesla, uh, showing what it really does and how it might change the world. Uh, as you said, uh, having kind of front rows to history and this is uh, so inspiring to us. That's why we're doing it uh, just uh, for fun. Yeah, it was an absolute pleasure to be here. I love talking Tesla. And uh, yeah, thank you for creating the channel. I really think that it's a team effort. It's really a grassroots movement. The more people join and, and talk about it, because it's, it's really Tesla is so hard to understand. You really have to spend tens, if not hundreds of hours to really understand it. And most people just don't understand it yet. Most people have not even driven a Tesla or rented a Tesla. So um, yeah, I think that's that's really uh, uh, there's so much potential to to um, teach and to to uh, discuss and to learn. And uh, yeah, thank you for having me. And and uh, yeah, good luck with your channel. I hope it will it will grow. Yes, yours as well. And everybody watching this, so please subscribe his channel so he can reach uh, 5,000 subscribers, right? <laughs> <You're about laughs> Absolutely. <to> be <laughs> Absolutely. I will, I will soon reach 5,000 subscribers. It's, it's been a little bit of a challenge that the last like 26 are, are stuck. But um, yeah, I will, I will get there eventually. It's, it's a lot of fun to do YouTube. So um, it's, it's also a hobby and, and a, a small job of me. And I really... Um, Love it. I talk about uh, Tesla, Bitcoin, minimalism, everything that interests me. Very similar to, to this discussion today. So if you are excited, then, then check out my channel. And um, yeah, of course, subscribe also to this channel if you haven't already. And uh, yeah, let, let us know in the comments what you thought. Okay, Claude is back. Just <laughs> <I> say goodbye. <laughs> Sorry, Claude. Sorry, guys, the dramas of young children.
Yeah. <laughs> We're just wrapping up. Um, That's awesome. No problem. Okay. No problem. I'll, I'll, I'll catch up on the rest of your conversation as soon as I go over the material again anyway. So okay. thanks so <laughs> much for joining us, Remo. Apologies for my absence for a bit there. But, That's um, life. If you, if you guys haven't mentioned already, we have a few potential topics for us to catch up again on a, on a few repeats down the line. So I'd say if that's all right with you, Remo, then consider this the beginning of the conversation. Absolutely. And, uh, and let's take it somewhere uh, Take it somewhere even more interesting on the next round. Would be my pleasure. Okay. And, and, and like you were saying, um, yeah, please, guys, um, catch up on, on Remo's channel and uh, – We'll all meet in the middle at some point. <laughs>